Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You want to know what happened one month after the first ever bespoke money in the bank pay-per-view? The Nexus had their asses whipped by John Cena. And we totally destroyed this storyline. Also, hello, my friends. That's right. As promised, it's back. Retro ups and downs. And given that it is Money in the Bank time, we are going all the way back to 2010. Well, you've already figured it out, especially because it's in the title. We're going to look at Money in the Bank number one. Does it even make sense? Because it's not Money in the Bank number one, but you know what I'm talking about. The reason that I did want to talk about all the Nexus stuff to begin this is that actually, when WWE did decide to move Money in the Bank to its own special space, people were pretty pumped. Also, because this show's actually quite decent. But it also drew about 169,000 pay-per-view buys, which was very good for the time, especially because WWE was trying to run 78 pay-per-views a year in 2010. And actually, some storylines were given time. I mean, some of the storylines are absolute pants, but still. Because Sheamus was all pumped up to take on Randy Orton, and we've already mentioned everything between John Cena and the Nexus, but don't pretend until it did implode that people weren't like, oh man, I can't believe it, what's going to happen here? It was considered interesting. I mean, it actually felt like a group of superstars were about to break out, out of the pack and go to the top, and instead nothing happened, and a few months later they formed the core... I hate my life. Amazingly, too, the Irishman was in this spot because he was meant to be feuding with Triple H, but old game had told his bicep, so instead he was moved into a program with John Cena. But that didn't matter, because who was the world champion as of me talking? That's right, it was Sheamus. It also meant a bunch of other things happened, too, because Randy Orton was meant to be on Team Cena when we got to SummerSlam, but then the Viper was pulled out of that, and he was plugged into this program instead. So you see, we are wibbling and wobbling. It was also totally surreal back then, though, because this is when we had Bret the Hitman Hart, and we were just putting him into as many matches as possible, even though he legally couldn't do much because he had officially retired and had been paid out by his insurance company. So they're watching every single one of his moves go, uh, Bret, even if you fall over, we want our money back. Moreover than that, though, do not forget that this show was a massive test for WWE because they'd all sat around backstage going, I wonder if we could take the ladder match away from WrestleMania and make it its own big wazoo event. <laughs> Given that we're in 2023 and it's still happening... Mission success. Another news too, Orton was doing all the interviews saying that Mr. Kennedy, Kennedy should have been fired because he kept dropping people on his heads. I was like, it's this version of Randy. Whereas WWE as a whole was kind of worried because they had an upcoming pay-per-view that may go head to head with Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez in the UFC. I mean, if only they'd known. Just to make you really laugh as well, back in 2010, they were also going, do you think we should put some of our content on YouTube? But not Raw, of course not Raw, but maybe some other stuff? This makes me feel old when we do retro ups and downs. Dig my grave already. Screw that though, because yes, once again, welcome back, my friends. And we are going to July 18th, 2010, and Kansas City lets up those downs. 
for Money in the Bank 2010. So we do start in La La Land, because of course this was also a time where we have to have all the Money in the Bank matches that we possibly could. And opening the show was for the Smackdown Money in the Bank. When you take a step back and think about it, that doesn't make any sense. So just sees Kane versus The Big Show versus Dolph Ziggler versus Christian versus Matt Hardy versus young Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes versus... Kofi Kingston. This is totally, totally bonkers. Of course, we did have to start with comedy too, because the big show goes to climb a ladder and he breaks it. And we didn't sell this like, oh my gosh, he's so big and he's a show. No. All the jokes were, <laughs> he's so fat, <laughs> he's so overweight. And I was like, face palm again. This is terrible. I've only been watching for like five minutes and we're already putting into the floor. He was so mad he went around and chopped everybody, so that made no sense. It was two plus two equals potato. When the rest of the field got together and went, oh, we forgot. He is a giant. Let's hurl him into re- the ring post and then we can be done with him. So let's not pretend that that spot's new. It's been going on for years. Dickler then remembered the point of this match, so he scurried up the ladder to try and get the briefcase. But this is when Christian went up there and he hip-tossed him off him. Once again, I was like, man, we have elevated the bar so much. If you do a hip-toss off a ladder in 2023, do you know what the nerds, like me, in the crowd do? Nothing. They go, a hip-toss? Unless you try and kill yourself, I am interested. It did actually get pretty good because all of a sudden Cody was knocking Christian off the ladder and he went flying into the Big Show's arms like he was a baby. Kofi then squashed Drew through a table and honestly, he got so much height on that, it's crazy. And as soon as the Big Show was back up, he saw that Matt Hardy was kind of trapped in one ladder, so he just landed on it and squished it. I think Christian was in that mess as well, honestly. It made me go heepie-jeepie. I would not agree to that spot. We then had to go back to this whole, oh my gosh, he's real strong, because the Big Show goes and gets this, I don't know, mega ladder, and we painted it gold, and he has to pretend like, oh, I can't get it over the top rope because it weighs so much. I'm like, who wrote this down? Who thought this was a good idea? It takes about three hours. Thought I was going to go and make myself a sandwich. I think Rhodes felt the same because he got bored. So he gives a crossroads to Kofi, but his head basically slams into the ladder as well. And by this point, I was like, we need to retire the Money in the Bank match. It's not good for anybody's health. I also started to yell, would somebody please think of the children? Which actually Cody would do. In about seven years' time. Kane then knocks Show off the super ladder, because only he is strong enough to do this, where once again, everybody gets together and just buries the big show under a bunch of ladders. And I was like, bro, you better ask for double paycheck on this one, because you are just getting murked. Dolphy Boy is also just a whipping boy throughout all of this, because he just gets killed, including here, the big red machine grabs him and just throws him into this mess like he's some kind of a dart. That doesn't make any sense. Have you ever tuned into darts and see somebody using a human? Of course you haven't. Kayla just grabs Cody and assaults him by throwing him into one of these ambulances that was on the entranceway, which also is totally baffling. When Drew McIntyre is finally here and he actually goes after the briefcase. I was like, well, at least someone is trying. Kofi stops this and people do kind of boo, I suppose, because they want to see somebody brand new win it. This is when Kane is like, nah, man, we ain't going to do anything interesting here. He takes out everybody. And that's right. He becomes Mr. Money in the Bank. But now look, all of this is super fun. All of it is super entertaining. And I don't think anyone actually thought Kane was going to be victorious. So it does have a bit of surprise here. And it was going to tie into something later in the show. Why did you thought this was pretty decent? I had a good old time. Uh, Sheamus is then backstage doing a promo. Man, he's mad. They also had no idea what he was talking about because he was all like, oh man, the Nexus, they took out Bret Hart, Vince McMahon and Ricky Steamboat. But nobody is showing me any respect. 
What the hell does that mean? That's the equivalent of, oh, hey man, how you doing? Bananas. Yeah, we're done. The Irishman is still gonna beat John Cena though, a man who continually insults his hair and his skin color. I was like, Seamus, you really got to grow up. But then get a proper 2010 match. Because one, the Divas Championship is on the line. We know the deal with that. And two, it is Alicia Fox versus Eve Torres. And the big issue is you can just hear WWE going, well, we don't care. Well, if you don't care, how can I? Now we do have a little bit of story here because Fox works over Torres' back. So when Eve goes to do the suplex, she isn't able to. And why? Because she's got a bad back. You couldn't work that one out. You're not listening. She then went for something off the top. I mean, it was a flying nothing. She went right into Alicia Fox's knees, who gives her the big axe kick. One, two, three. I don't know, I'll be horrible. But I did ponder to myself, if I had never seen this again, my life would have been no different. So, I mean, WWE really did bring all this women's revolution stuff on themselves. But yeah, I mean, you can't get away from it. It's pointless. There's nothing to do with the competitors. That's just the way they're booked down. When we got goofy wrestling... It's for life, don't you know? Because Jack Swagger is backstage and he's on the phone talking to his mum and they are yelling about the fact that he let Kane chokeslam his dad on Smackdown. I had no recollection of this storyline. So I went and watched the clips. What on earth were we doing? Because Jack is all upset going, well, daddy just wanted to live by me. So I had to teach him a lesson. I was like, why don't you just sit down and do some maths? Why the hell would you go find a big red machine and go, yeah, kill my daddy, kill him. I mean, when you start saying things like that, it's as if we're watching a different form of entertainment. Jack Swagger also drops in his catchphrase when talking to his mother. So I was in bits. I was like, imagine that. Imagine, what's a catchphrase? I don't know, just do it, right? Nike shoes. Imagine you rang up your mom, or hey, mom, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Don't know what the hell's wrong with my voice. When I chat to my mother, and she's like, oh, I may go to the shop. She's like, yeah, just do it. Your mum would hate you. Don't say your catchphrase in real life, and don't say song words. If you're going to sing a song, sing it. Let's move on. Then get another blast from the past as well, because it is Tyson Kidd and David Hart Smith Taking on the Usos. If that one doesn't tie in. Because Jimmy and Jay have clearly always been talented dudes. But holy crap. Over the last 10 years, they have come on leaps and bounds. I mean, they're basically nothing here. Whereas in 2023, they're some of the best wrestlers on the planet. They also can't handle seeing David Hart Smith without going to some kind of a slump. Because I do not understand his WWE career. He obviously had a mini run here. Then they released him. Then they brought him back a couple of years ago. He was at one house show. <laughs> they fired him again. I mean, if you were him, you'd never want to go back. Because it really is just like a Professor Layton puzzle, although I will say him and Tyson Kidd and a tag team are really good. They made me feel sad in my tum-tum about old Tyson, because of course he had to retire through injury. This guy is a really good wrestler. Sadly, what comes across the most here is that old rumor that Vince McMahon doesn't really like tag team wrestling. Because yeah, they get about five minutes, and even though they try super duper hard, if you didn't pay all your attention to this, you forget the Hart Foundation or the Hart Dynasty, or even the tag team champions. At one point, I also remembered, oh my gosh, yeah, Tamina, there is nobody meaner, used to be the manager of the Usos. And because Natalia has come out with the Hearts too, of course, at the end of this, they just get into some fisticuffs. Because WWE can't help themselves. So I guess that does make sense, because it means Tamina did prove that she was Mina. Because she kind of gets the upper hand, but also not really... Anyway, point is this. Hartsmith locks in the sharpshooter, tap out, and we were done. But in terms of a six or seven match, thought it was pretty damn good. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. I'll tell you why Vince McMahon probably couldn't be bothered with this. Because he was too focused on what was about to happen. Because out came daddy issue Jack Swagger. And that's right. He was taken on the world champion. The other world champion. Rey Mysterio. I do love the fact that Rey got another opportunity to hold this championship. But again. What is the story here? Jackie boy has fallen out with mum and dad. And Rey is the one that has to deal with it. Also though. Mysterio had a bad ankle. And why was that worrying? Well, it's simple. Jack Swagger's finisher was blah, 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 the ankle lock. <laughs> Works. Mysterio really does a good job in selling this as well. To the point I was like, did he actually have a bad ankle around this stage? Or is he working my ass? And yes, we have to tell my Jack Swagger story because Retro Ups and Downs has been around for a while. I actually used to be a massive Jack Swagger fan. And do you remember when he himself became Mr. Money in the Bank at WrestleMania? Guess who voted against him winning, even though they were his biggest fan? It was me. Me, the wizard in the sky. Don't need to worry about that. I'm still embarrassed. And other than a little slip on a Ray Power Slam here, where you can see him go, whoops, this is actually pretty good as well. And when Swagger gave Ray Mysterio this doctor bomb, I tell you, he killed him. I mean, he only got out of it because he got his foot on the rope. When do you know what he did? He took Swagger and he pushed him into Rita the Ring Post. I'm not going to do it today, but if this does keep happening, do you know what we're going to have here exclusively on Retro Ups and Downs? That's right, the Rita counter. I couldn't think of anything. It also led to Ray hitting the 619, but when he went for his finishing move, Jack Swagger locks in the ankle lock. 
This is when things get good. Because it all becomes a big wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Eddie Guerrero. Because even though Rey Mysterio gets out of this once, when he's in it the second time, it's like, oh no, what am I going to do? But actually what he had done is he had loosened his boot, meaning he gave it a little bit of a wiggle. Jack only had this shoe, which is when Rey Mysterio is able to hit the Hurricane Rana with a pin and he gets the one, two, three. Now look, I know we've done this before, but sometimes things just work. Also in 2023, it's been long enough to probably do it again. It also shows you that Swagger absolutely had something. We just never did anything with it. This Rey Mysterio man. I mean, if you want to go back and watch old episodes of Retro Ups and Downs, do you know who is the constant throughout all of them? It's Rey Mysterio, one of the best of all time. Up. And like we said earlier, there was a reason for this too. Here came Kane. I don't know what's wrong with Kane. Because WWE was always going to do this on the first ever bespoke Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and only 50 minutes after winning it, which I do think is still a record, here came the big red machine, chokeslam, tombstone, one, two, three, sorry Ray, Pfft, you get out of here, Kane is the new champ. Jack Swagger had also beaten up Ray a little bit more before this, so he really had an out, and I also think it was the seventh straight cash-in success, meaning that if you had the briefcase, you were probably in with a good chance of winning a championship. I mean, that's not the same today, just because it's been going on so long. But we're not talking about today, we're talking about back then. I just can't hate these though, even though WWE does overdo them, because there's just something magical about it. Giving it an up. But what on earth was this afterwards? Because Chris Jericho and Edge bump into each other backstage, and I would say they yell at each other, but they don't. Instead, they whisper. Edge goes, Chris Jericho, I'm going to beat you at Money in the Bank. Jericho's all like, oh yeah, well I invented the Money in the Bank, so I'm going to win it. Edge is like, oh yeah, yeah, well you've never won a Money in the Bank. But Jericho's like, oh yeah, 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 well that just makes me more dangerous. And it's really creepy, as a little bit sexual. When we were back to face palms. For yet it was more evidence that the women really needed something, because we get to Kelly Kelly taking on Layla for the Women's Championship. Tiffany and Michelle McCall were at ringside, so of course they kept casting distraction. And look, it's exactly the same as the other one. It goes three minutes, a bunch of people on the outside do interfere, and the finish. But I'm gonna be horrible here. Things go wrong. Things go wrong in my life all the time. I can barely walk down the stairs. But Kelly Kelly, Kelly Squared, goes to hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. Layla reverses it. Doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. And Matt Stryker just shouts out, oh, Wembley. Now he's referring to Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog. There's no context whatsoever. It's on the floor. This whole thing is like taking drugs. My only real worry is I watched it as that man. The structure of it was a little bit like something I saw on SmackDown recently. So you may want to adjust that WWE. But again, yeah, they didn't stand a chance down. And then, my word, how do I not remember this? For it is the other Money in the Bank match, which does see The Miz taking on Evan Bourne, taking on Chris Jericho, taking on Edge, taking on Ted DiBiase, taking on John Morrison, and taking on Randy Orton. And who comes out the other side, smelling of roses, or smelling of a briefcase? It's none other than The Miz. Orton does kill Bourne instantly with a draping DDT onto the ladder, so I was like, well, he's out of here. When Mark Henry's all of a sudden going, oh, I'm so strong, as everybody else tries to take him out. And I'm like, nah, bruh, we've already done this. Somebody hit reset. Maurice, who was still with her husband, then tried to climb the ladder. And I was like, that's absolutely not how it works. And do you know what John Morrison does? He stops her. He 
tells her to leave. That's right. If this was the Attitude Era, you would have definitely got a different outcome. Mark then destroys Evan again because he does a world's strongest slam onto a ladder. But this poor guy, can't we just give him something? And I think Randy, you're at that point, feels a bit lonely or maybe he was listening to the voices in his head. He just starts RKOing everyone. Thankfully, Bourne then does get his moment because he comes off of his shooting star press onto Randy. And yes, they too go crashing through a ladder. It just makes me want to cry. We have been doing this for 13 years plus. Wrestlers are insane. It then does go a little bit bad because Evan uses that to climb the ladder and get the briefcase. And this poor guy, he is confuddling with it for so long, all the fans start to think, oh my gosh, Evan Bourne is going to do it. It wasn't the case, it was just a mistake. Chris Jericho cuts him off. I mean, my nan honestly could have unhooked the thing in this amount of time, which would have been very impressive because she's dead. When Owen returns and throws Edge off another ladder, and once again, it almost murders him, and I'm not kidding, because he falls onto or close to this other ladder that's at such an angle, it would have impelled him. So I am just walking around going, can we all just calm down, guys? The answer is no. It also means that Randy is now in the right position and he goes for the briefcase. And honestly, you can tell that he's always been a megastar because this audience just gets up for it. They want it. It's also why it's so well done because this is when The Miz finally says, well, I'm going to do something in this match. He stops Randy Orton and he unclicks the briefcase. And I tell you, he just gets showered in booze. He then cuts wrestling promo 101. He's like, oh man, nobody ever believed in me. So I'm going to show you, which he did do because don't forget this is 2010 and what's he about to do in 2000? 2011. I liked all of it. I thought it was very well put together. I had a good old time. Let's get it up. It also means that we have to get to our main event when there was another stipulation. Because why wouldn't you do that on a show that's called Money in the Bank? But yes, we are in a steel cage and it is John Cena versus Sheamus for the WWE title. Fair play to them, they do all they can. Cena is proper Cena at this point, obviously, but he is a megastar and he just radiates that kind of emotion. And this Seamus, I tell you, we are going to miss him when he's gone. Like, he's much better today than he was back in 2010, but we don't give him the plaudits. He's also the firm favourite because back then nobody liked John Cena. In fact, they were sick of him. It just means that everybody brings the noise. As long as you've got noise, everything's going to be okay. I did do a lot of reading about this period too, and it's very kind of weird during this, because you're like, why are the fans so quiet? And that made perfect sense. The next is they kept turning up and kept turning up and kept turning up. They knew, because the audience isn't dumb. They were like, well, there's no point getting excited about this until we do see Wade Barrett and his crew, because that's when it's going to get good. I was still amazed that these two decided to do a sleeper in a cage match. I was like, I don't actually think we need to do that. But it actually tied into a great spot because John Cena starts climbing the damn thing with Sheamus on his back. Once again, I was staring at him like you're not human. The children and women then start cheering for Cena. So everybody else starts cheering for Sheamus. So it gets really good. Especially as you get bro kick, kick out, AA kick out. I think they thought it was WrestleMania wasn't. It's also the catalyst to bring out the Nexus and let's not pretend this wasn't working because as soon as the fans do see them, holy crap baby, they start to go nuts because they know that Shib is about to kick off. Michael Tarver also has some bolt cutters for some reason. It's perfectly legal. Nobody cares. Although they do get removed and when they try and get the key from referee John Doan, he just gets it and he throws it in the crowd. I mean that's like pissing off Jason who's about to kill a man. But you do you dude. You do you. We then remember a match is going on, so Cena locks in the STF, but because the officials are trying to deal with the damn Nexus, nobody sees Sheamus tapping out. So John Chayner is meant to be the brand new champion. 
you know the deal. Unless a proper person sees it, it doesn't count. John then just decides, well, all right, I'll climb over the top when every single Nexus member goes after him to stop him. But when Seamus had the same idea, only Heath Slater tries to stop him. I was like, you guys are terrible at mathematics. There's like 42 of you, 21 go over there and 21 go over here. But of course it does work. Heath is no match for Seamus. He boots him to the ground and he lands and he runs away for some reason. But he's still the victor and your new champion. Well, no, not the new champion. He's still the champion. And of course, the show ends with John Cena destroying <laughs> all of the Nexus. Because look, we were being told, ah, oh, you want to watch SummerSlam, do you? Well, this is going to happen. But we're not talking about SummerSlam today. We are talking about Money in the Bank. And it was a fine main event, I suppose. I had a good enough time. I mean, there's nothing great giving it up. And look, before we do end back by popular demand, which is the same reason Retro Ups and Downs has returned, we shall go through the star ratings. Now, I'll do Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observers today, but people would like me to jump around. So maybe next time we'll do, I don't know, the Pro Wrestling Torch. Anyway, the SmackDown Money in the Bank got four stars. Alicia Fox versus Eve Torres got three quarters of a star. Kevin Smith versus The Usos got 2.75 stars. Stereo versus Swagger got four stars. Kane versus Ray obviously didn't get rated. Layla versus Kelly Kelly got half a star. The Raw Money in the Bank also got four stars. So you're sitting on the fence there, are you, Dave? And the main event got three stars. Seemed kind of fair. Which, of course, brings us to the end of Money in the Bank 2010. Ups and downs, and you know the deal. Get into those comments. What other shows should we do? But at least type it into YouTube first. We did do a lot last time. People go, do WrestleMania 17. We've done it. Also, please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Click the video on the screen, which will be an old episode of Retro Ups and Downs, which is kind of a paradox. Also, you can go to whatculture.com and follow us on social media. WhatCultureWWE, Simon316. I just want to thank you, because the only reason this show has returned is because you cared about it. And you tweeted me a lot, to the point you beat me into submission. Now you've got to watch it, and now you've got to support it, much as I will always support you. Take care. Goodbye.